All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Rivalry Podcast. Uh, if you are listening to us, that means it has been about two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Jeez. Uh, since we last recorded uh, an episode of the podcast, uh, we took a half week off uh, for thank for Thanksgiving break. Um, so, really quick though, how was your Thanksgiving? It was all right. It's good. Lots of food. First one down in Florida for you. Yeah, it was. It was good. That was good. Yeah. I mean, we I was. Just, yeah, we missed being up there too, but it was a good time. No doubt. Um, so, I mean, we're we're pretty much just going to jump straight into this one. Uh, we're talking three main things right now. One, if you remember from. Uh, just over two weeks ago, almost all of our episodes included talking about Babcock, and now we finally get to talk about Babcock for probably not the final time, um, but definitely the final time in terms of him being or not being the head coach of the Maple Leafs. Um, so, I mean, Cody, this this has been your your hill to die on uh, since season one, episode one. Um, it's taken probably what. I'd say this is probably our 10th episode. So it's taken 10 episodes to get Babcock fired. Uh, how are you feeling? Great. I'd like to I'd like to think it's all because of me. It's all because of this podcast. I'm sure he's listening. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled. When the news dropped, I was, I was the happiest. In fact, actually, Chelsea saw it before I did. She sent it to me. I was yeah. at work. I was with a customer and I, I looked down, saw it. And I was like, oh, they did it. They did it. They finally fucking did it. And then they named Sheldon Keefe right away. And it was just perfect. It went how you wanted it to go. Just perfect. I mean, the team, the team not, not to get too deep into it. I mean, the team still has a little bit of ways to go to, like, reinforce specifically the defense. There have been some issues with goaltending over the last couple of games, how it's been inconsistent. I mean, goaltending for you guys, uh, when, when you first – when Buffalo and Toronto first met up, was absolutely horrendous. But then you guys seemed to have gotten – you got on the goaltending train pretty hard the second night. Um, but I think I think that – uh, like you said, or you've been saying, naming Sheldon Keefe as the head coach and the successor to Babcock has kind of been the way to go. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Toronto still has not a ways to go, but they have a couple of pieces that they need to fix. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to jump straight into um, a direct result of the – well, not a direct – a direct-indirect result – of the of the Babcock firing, but there seems to be this huge, um, quote unquote, culture shift uh, in the National Hockey League. Um, we've seen a lot of players come out with stories about um, Babcock and his treatment of players. Um, specifically, I think you know Mitch Marner back when he was a rookie on, on Toronto, uh, and then we've seen it with um, Peters in Calgary. No longer, of course, the head coach there. And, at, I mean, now it's even trickling down into other leagues. Other leagues are losing staff. Um, uh, I believe it was a team in the WHL. I can't remember exactly the, the specifics, but they lost their um, – uh, one of their, like, conditioning coaches or something like that or somebody on their medical staff. Um, so let's talk about this culture shift 
uh, in the NHL, which is a direct indirect result of the Babcock. What does yeah. is this really going to change anything? I, I feel like it's for real. I mean, just because of the swift response that's been had by teams across all of the hockey world so far, it's definitely real. It's not something that teams are just, it's not something, it's not like stories are coming out and teams are trying to sweep it under the rug. I mean, there's, there's real change that's happening and it's pretty swift. Um, But really how much longer do we think that it's going to continue or do we really think it's going to continue at all? Like bigger problem than we think it is. What? So, Obviously, a few of them are far di- – they're all kind of different from each other. Babcock's was just all kind of a mental – just he's a bad dude. He just is. That's nothing new. Everybody's known that. Right. Um, Chris Chelly also tell you. Commodore will definitely tell you. It's, it's been talked about before that he's not a good guy to play for. He's a great coach. That's it. He's not a good guy to play for. Nobody really likes playing for him. Right. So I think where everything made the turn is Mike Babcock is arguably the best coach of the last 25 years in the league. Just not so much with the Leafs, but his time in Detroit, his time in Anaheim. Just Since he came to the NHL, he's just been blowing it away. I think once the Leafs – this is the first time he's been fired. He's jumped teams, but this is the first time he's been fired. I think that other teams were like, well, if they can fire Babcock, because he obviously isn't working out with the team, isn't working with his players, and is doing this stuff, it's probably okay for us to fire our coaches if other bigger things are happening. Bill Peters, that's going to happen. Racism, that, that whole nine yards, you're getting fired for it. But now um, Crawford is getting looked at because of allegations from a few people that he was physically kicking people on the bench and pushing them around. And just he he's most likely going to be gone now, too. Um, I, I think you're just going to see a lot more younger coaches come in and just take over. Um it's something that coaches have hid from. Um, I'll take Sheldon Keefe, for example. He was he was caught up with uh, something when he was in the minors where he was made to testify against his coach or for his coach um, in the minors. And Keefe was apparently a pretty big bully. And, and I don't know the exact story, but something about peeing on – rookies or some yeah it was just all nonsense while he was playing um this was when um i'm trying to think of everybody's names but either way whole thing came out as soon as he hit the ahl the first thing he said was hey i already know this is going to come forward because i was a i was a bad person in the past it's going to come forward so i'm just going to be upfront about it um that's not who i am anymore i've grown from that time i wouldn't be here if I wasn't right, um, people are going to step forward and kind of out themselves and stuff um, and grow from that. You know, obviously he was a player being told to do stuff by a coach and was just doing it without really stepping forward and saying anything. So right. he's in the wrong, obviously 
but being a coach in that position is a, a lot more. Right. Um, in fact, who was it? Frost that hired the hitman for the coach and got arrested for it. I feel like I have a faint idea of what you're talking about, but I was, was same coach. So that was the whole Keefe situation ties in with that. <laughs> a hitman. He, yeah, him and his father, I guess, hired a hitman to kill the coach when he uh, landed in Tampa Bay, and he got caught, obviously, because you know. Was Keith that happens. And his father? Huh? No, not Keith. Oh, okay. Not Keith Frost and his father hired a hitman to kill. I don't remember the coach's name, but it was. I'll find it. It's it's funny. Uh, Michael Danton. Yes. Uh, attempting to hire a hitman who was actually a police dispatcher to murder, yes. murder David Frost. Yes. That was what it was. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so David Frost was the coach that was kind of a shitbag, obviously, enough to... Well, I'm, I'm just reading this to, to catch myself up. After being released from prison... He continued to play hockey. Yep. <laughs> in both Europe and North America. That's that's amazing. Yep. I mean, is it sports culture? He played for a lot of teams: AHL, NHL, CIS, SWE3, EBEL, Slovak, Kazakh, MOL, Liga, PHL, and LN. Yeah. A lot of different leagues and a lot of different teams. He's taking 135th overall. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I don't think it's new. I think it's just kind of yeah. coming up now because the big names that are being fired for it. Right. But um there's a lot of people that have talked about I don't know if you've seen this online or not. Um but a lot of people have spoken about um how when a lot of this is going to come out just because it is going to come out, like you said, whether people out it themselves or whether it's exposed via players or, or former staff and stuff like that. Um, how much of it is what they would consider quote unquote old time hockey versus being an actual issue. It's just, I'm not saying that it is or it isn't. It's just, it's something that I, I've seen a lot of people uh, have opinions and discussions about. So I'm wondering how much of it is, old-time hockey or what you would consider old-time hockey where coaches and staffs were a lot rougher around the edges um, versus what the hockey culture is now, specifically in the NHL. So old-time hockey isn't so much uh, – are the coaches yelling more? Yeah. Are the coaches pushing their people around? No. Old-time hockey players would beat the hell out of their coach if they pushed him around like that. They don't, they're not going to do that. So that's kind of a bogus claim, honestly, from what I've seen at least, the people that are. You don't, you don't hear stories about – you know, I mean, Chris Chelios is not a guy who's, oh, well, everybody's coming forward with these things. Let me do it. Sean Avery, same, same thing. He's come forward with things. These are types of guys that – they played when hockey was all about fighting. I mean, Avery, that was his entire job in the NHL, is to pick fights. That was it. 
That's all he did. That's, it's bogus. I mean, did it happen more back then? Probably, probably, but that's just coming with the change because these older coaches are obviously the same ones that were around back then. Um, Newer coaches obviously understand that that's not how you treat people. That's not how you win. So it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a change. It's good to see these changes, but nothing's going to change. There's still going to be a ton of bad people around the sport that unfortunately will probably always be the case. Right. Um, so we'll jump to uh, the last topic here. Um, standings in the NHL. Uh, so, I mean, specifically just for both of our teams, both Toronto and Buffalo have fallen pretty far um, in the graces of NHL standings. Uh, Buffalo oh, sitting at 19, Toronto currently sitting at 22. Um, however, Toronto's only sitting two places above the first team with a winning record uh, in the NHL, which would be Nashville at um, uh, 12 and 10, 12 10 and 5, excuse me. Um, are we surprised uh, at the standings? I guess I guess we should say Washington, Boston, and St. Louis owning the top three spots. So are we re- are we surprised uh, at where the standings are now? Um, just based on playing the beginning of the season and expectations, um, or was this something that we that we both expected? Um, let you go first. So, so a little bit of both, honestly. So my look at when when I look at it, the league standings, they're very close. I mean, mm-hmm. you have your you have your top five teams, and then after that, I mean. You're within five points all the way to the bottom, or the bottom. I say like until your bottom five teams again. You know your bottom teams are the bottom teams that should be there. Top teams, they're all teams that we talked about before. Washington, they're great. Boston, great. St. Louis, they just won the cup, great. Islanders, on the rise. Colorado and Arizona, it's all there. Um, there are a few surprises. But the big thing, the only really thing that's surprising to me is, like you said, these teams are towards the bottom of the league, but Florida is second in the division, Buffalo's third in the division, and Toronto's right there, tied for fourth. And Boston's winning the division. We've we've known that. They always win the division. Uh, Well, that's not true. Actually, Tampa normally does, but Tampa's kind of out of it right now. But the division is anybody's game right now. It's it's kind of odd. The Atlantic division is always the top division in the league. It's not even close right now. It's actually looking like it might be the worst division in the league right now. It is. Um, I, mean, I mean, if you look at the league standings, it's done a complete flip. It's done a 180. From where we started off in October, not not exactly, but you know, teams it's like here in Toronto and and Buffalo and and you know Florida was up at the top, and these teams that were at the top are now sitting in the twenties or just above 
the twenties in terms of standings. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and like you said, the majority of the teams in the, in the league are all within five. So I mean, it, it really not just not just the the division, but really the league at this point in the season heading into December, um, is anybody's game. Depending uh-huh. on whether or not you can, you know, get it together, or you know, in the in the case of teams like Washington, Boston, St. Louis, the Islanders, Colorado, I mean, even Philadelphia over the last couple of nights, I, I just if they can keep it together. I mean, really, the league is anybody's is, is anybody's game. Um, I don't really have an opinion on it. I think uh, the only the one thing I will say is that uh, I'm in the history of uh, our podcast for however long we do this. Um, I will be the first one out of the two of us to have the biggest gaff or goof up, um, and that would be. The fact that I said that New Jersey would be the, the the Eastern champion, they're currently sitting at thirty out of thirty-one teams with nine, fourteen, and four uh, and twenty-two points. So that's my fault. I was clearly wrong about that. On paper, they're a good team. They are. Um, on paper, they're a good team. But they're also they're also a young team. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe in the future, but for right now. Uh, I am. Uh, you can color me wrong uh, because they're only one of two teams with single-digit wins or single. I'm wrong about New Jersey, but really, I mean, I'm not surprised at what where Ottawa is. Not surprised at where the Kings are. Definitely not surprised at Detroit. I think we said it before on here. Detroit is a team that is in rebuild mode, but does not know that they're in rebuild mode. Yep. Um. Which in terms of in terms of um, I was on the uh, witty not funny uh, sports podcast uh, and the episode just came out and when I was asked about trades and I was going through the list I actually I I know I noted Detroit as a possible trade partner for Buffalo they are desperate for talent so you know sending a defenseman and maybe an uh, you know a forward that we don't need but um you know there there is talent in Detroit that's not to say that it's a completely just bad team oh um, no yeah Detroit's definitely in a rebuild mode I said that they should trade for Christopher N um that's just my opinion I'm, I'm, I'm high on N and I think that he would do good in a better environment um but yeah I'm not surprised uh, at where Montreal is <laughs> actually did you sneeze I sure did. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm not surprised at where like Montreal is at 20. Same thing with Calgary. In fact, actually, I think Calgary should probably be a little bit lower, just because like Toronto's behind Calgary, Tampa Bay is. Um, but I'm not. I'm not surprised at like where Montreal is. They're sitting pretty at 20 right now. I'm surprised that Florida is so low. I'm surprised that the Rangers actually got it together and they're sitting at 17. San Jose should probably be higher than 16. Nah. San Jose is about to drop. They're about to drop. Oh, yeah. You think so? That, that was they, – they were at the top of my list of 
who lost the most. Pavelski leaving that team just hurt him. Just hurt him big time. Just hurt him big time. He was one of the, unfortunately, one of the younger guys, even though he wasn't so young. Um, It's an old team. It's a very old team. They've got a few more years of being this mediocre team, and then they're going to be bottom feeders until they rebuild. Um, Sitting at 15, uh, a lot of people like what they're seeing from Vancouver. It's just keeping it together. Um, Just improving game after game. Um, But Vancouver's become kind of a young, young, top-heavy team. Yeah. Um, Minnesota sitting at 14, Pittsburgh sitting at 13, which, I mean, just based off of play and our predictions for Pittsburgh, it's kind of sitting there at 13. Um, not too high and not necessarily too low, but Carolina, Dallas. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at some. Uh, I, I like what I've been seeing from Colorado and Philadelphia, too. So their play over the last couple of games, they definitely deserve to be in the spots. Oh, yeah. Just whether or not they're going to – I mean, they're not, they're not going to keep them. They're still 50-something, right, 50-something-plus games. Uh, I think we're on the top side of 50-something games to play. So, um, yeah, I mean, at this point, it really is anybody's team or anybody's league, except for, you know, the bottom – some of the bottom teams. Um, unless everybody loses in Detroit every game between now and the playoffs, uh, there's really no no coming back from that. But – yeah, I don't know. Not not much is surprising me. Um, Arizona being top is just making me happy since I'm a diehard Coyotes fan now. So Now that Castle is there? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not 100% in on this season yet. Obviously, Keith just kind of started. He, they're 4-3, and three, so they got a winning record at least with him. But We'll see. I'm not. I'm not over it yet, but I'm not completely bought in that we're going anywhere. Right. Ah, oh, like I said before at the beginning of the episode. I mean, there's definitely pieces uh, that are not necessarily offense that, that need to be sorted out. So, um, you know, I'm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Toronto makes moves. Um, I'm hoping that really anybody makes moves at this point. Yeah, I um. I'd almost be surprised if Morgan Riley's on the team after this year. Yeah. Like trade deadline. I'd almost be surprised. Um, I love Riley. I do. Something's going on this year with him. He's just been ungodly bad. I'm sure you saw the, uh, it was going all over the place, but, Spetzel lost his stick the other game and blocked the puck from going out. And Riley just kind of stood there trying to reach around him with his stick and let um, just let let a Colorado player get right behind him and and score shorthanded. It was it was bad. Was it? It was on Spetza. It was all Spetza's fault. But like at the same time, the communication was just trash. And I and you've been seeing that so much from Riley. Um, it was it's kind of devastating because the game was going really well. It was tied at that point. It was going really really well, and then that just 
destroyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's different when you make those mistakes against a goalie that you can score on with no issues, you know, somebody who's going through a rough patch, but Grubauer right now in, in Colorado is just killing it. It's killing it. And it's, it's not going to be easy to come back from a bad mistake like that. Right. And it just seems to happen again. So every time we play a good goalie, it just, they make some dumb mistake and it costs us the game. But, yeah. A lot of people are talking goaltending changes uh, for Buffalo too. Not that bad. Not, not that bad. And it's not really there yet, but a lot of people are talking goaltending changes for Buffalo too in the future. Yeah. I mean, it switched in the, in, in October, it was all is trash. Get rid of Allmark. Hutton is God. And now that we're in the latter half of November, now into December, it's Allmark is God. Hutton is trash. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have that though. You're going to have back and forth, which is, it's good for Buffalo, you know, to have both of them going. Um, I like Buffalo's goaltending situation big time. Oh yeah, no, no. I don't. Did you did you see the uh, the video uh, from Rochester? Uh, the goaltender Andrew Hammond kicked, was laying down on his stomach and still kicked the puck uh, for, to keep it out of the net. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I like Hammond. Um, he was a guy that came onto my radar during uh, actually uh, the the like rookie mini camp uh, in the off season at Harbor center. I went down there a couple of the days and he really stood out to me. Uh, so I've kind of been watching him. So that was, that was a nice thing to see from him. I think he's a guy uh, whose name wasn't necessarily on anybody's radar before uh, for the Buffalo organization fan wise, at least. And I, I think it's, it's there now. It's just, you know, whether it stays or gets bigger is the question. Um, yeah. Yeah, him, uh, you know, Uka Pekalukanen is down in Cincinnati still kind of easing back into the swing of things just after his double hip surgery. So, I mean, you have him, you have uh, Hammond, Olmark, uh, Hutton. Uh, it's definitely – it's a good it's a good string of goal, goaltenders, so. Yeah, I mean – always had good goaltending. Yeah, the Leafs um... – they have another two years before they really are in a good position. Right now, Hutchinson, I, I like Hutchinson. I like him a lot. He got sent down to the AHL. He went 3-0 and with ungodly numbers. He was just killing it. And then he comes back up, and he just isn't working. It's just not working. And they kind of interviewed him, and you can just see the frustration for himself. He's like, I, I do so well when I'm down, and then I get up here. It's just pressure. It's just the pressure of being a backup goalie in Toronto. Um, but <laughs> they got to figure it out. Freddie can't play 82 games. No. Yeah. no the, the, the days of, of naming a starter and keeping that starter in net – Unless I mean, you're injured, is is gone. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Freddie killed it this past weekend when you know he played two games in a row. Um, the Philadelphia game, the team just gave up and kind of left them to dry, which 
Anderson called him out on, which was cool. Because they asked him how to, how how he felt about um, letting in five goals and nine shots at the end of the game. And he goes, yeah, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about how the team played. Right. You know, like he, he's one of the better goalies in the league when you play for him. Yeah. If you play in front of him, he's going to get you wins. He's going to rob some things. Does he have some bad games? Of course, every goalie does. But he's yeah, you can win every so game. good. Yeah, he's so good. And it's just – it's nuts. But Hutchinson will get there. I think they stick with him until there's a better option at least. But we got Scott and we got um, – well, we got Scott coming up. We got um, Cascasuos down there. He's all right. Um, and then there's another goalie that we just uh, that we have in our our pipeline that I can't think of his name. But Scott's the big one. He's gonna be our backup probably two years from now, I'd assume. But I don't know. Other than that, though, I mean, we have a bunch of defensemen coming up. We have a ton of forwards. Just backup goaltending. If we didn't lose all of our back to our backups, like as far as every game that the backups played this year, we'd be in a completely different spot if we won half of them. Right. You know, even half of them. That's well. Let's just say eight points. I mean, eight points from where we're at, we'd be at thirty-eight. That puts us fifth. Nice. You know, so it's just you got to look at it that way. Of course, the fan base is imploding, but uh, yeah, uh, just just really quick here, I muted all mentioning on Twitter of uh, pretty much any iteration of Buffalo Sabers that I could <laughs> put into the. The filter. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. My well, time much I mean, there's still Sabres talk, obviously, for, for people that don't use any of the iterations. But, like, my, my timeline is a less toxic and much cleaner place for it. Yeah. I, um, I, I have a bunch of Leafs fans who are calling for Matthews to get traded. There's calling him lazy saying he's been invisible. I'm like, the dude's got 31 points in the season. He's up there with the best of them. Like, get out of here. Like, what are you even saying? The guy is very clearly still one of the best players in the league. Right. And what people don't understand is he's not going to be on the goal sheet every game, period. No, 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 nobody is. He's still a point per game player, which is phenomenal in this league. And being invisible, people are like, well, you don't really see him out there that often. He's playing the minutes. If you're not seeing him, that means he's not making mistakes. He is probably doing what he's supposed to. Right. You know, that's the thing is like, you either see him because he's on the score sheet or you see him because he's doing something bad. If a player's invisible, 
they're probably playing all right with 31 points. You know, if he had 10 points on the season and he was invisible, well, yeah, he's probably just sitting back. But that's not the case. Right. Um, it'd be the same thing as if Eichel just kind of went a four-game skid without really going on the score sheet. Right, which he does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's yeah. got 38 points. Correct. Like, it's – I don't remember who it was. I wish I could call him out. But there was somebody on Sabres Twitter that was talking mass something about leadership and – I mean, I was definitely down on Eichel's leadership, but I wasn't as down as... No, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Yours, no, was, yours was innocent. Yeah, no, was, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember who it is either, but... It was something... It wasn't just leadership. It was something about him being leadership and having his worst season so far. I was like, what are you talking about? I said he's literally almost halfway to his highest point total already. Yeah. Like he will probably be before before the trade deadline. He will probably be at his highest points total so far. Right. Well, the thing is, we have these supercomputers in our pockets, and nobody pays attention to him. Well, in Google the stats and see how many points he has, and see how he's performed in games. You can watch highlights and stuff like that. And yeah, these people just don't do it. Like I watch. Watch the obviously I watch the Leafs and Sabers games. The first night, obviously, Eichel was tearing Hutchinson up. Like, yeah, great. I don't, I don't care. The second night, though, on a low-scoring game, you still saw Matthews. You still saw Eichel. They were still working hard. Yeah. Were the goalies keeping them off the score sheet? Yeah. But it was still – they were still there. You could still see them doing what they're supposed to do. Right. And there's still people that are mad that Tavares is our our captain when he's on this point streak and killing it. And I I just it's it's crazy to me. It's just funny knowing that if if our point totals were the same, if all the players were playing the exact same, but we were first in the league or not twenty second in the league, this would be not even a talk. People don't watch the games. They watch the standings, and that's it. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the season so far has been crazy, but, I mean, mean, what are you going to do? So, uh, with that, I mean, we covered covered a pretty significant amount of ground today. Uh, Just to recap really quick, uh, Babcock, no longer the head coach in Toronto, which Cody is very, 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 very happy about, um, that – that is his early uh, Christmas present from Toronto uh, all the way down to Florida. Um, so Keith, uh, now the head coach in Toronto, um, we talked culture shifts in the NHL. Um, you're going to see a lot of people uh, calling themselves out, uh, coming forward and calling themselves out on um, negative, on uh, toxic behavior in the past. Um and what else did we talk about? What else did we talk about? Standings and uh, yes, that is correct. Weird yeah. season. We've been, yeah, we I mean, we've been talking about goalies for like the last 
10 minutes. So yes, we talked, we talked about standings, uh, and how it is both weird and not weird, uh, at the same time. And then we of course went on one of our traditional, we're going to add in two more segments. <laughs> so, um, no, seriously, thank you guys for joining us. Um, we will be back here for the next couple of weeks before we go on a Christmas slash New Year's break. Um, we will let you all know when that is. Um, if you guys want to listen to other episodes, um, you can follow the link that you clicked on um, and go back and listen to previous episodes. Uh, if you want to hear about uh, more things from hockey, uh, I currently write articles for Overtime Heroics. Uh, my first one actually should be out sometime in this week or so. Um, and I'm, I was also featured on the latest episode of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, which you can get anywhere that you can get podcasts. Um, unlike us, which you can get anywhere except for iTunes. For some ungodly reason. I don't know why. But, yeah, no, seriously, thank you guys uh, so much for listening, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Rivalry Podcast brought to you by a Buffalo Sabres fan and a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Uh, Cody, do you have anything to say to the people? Thank you again for listening. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully a happier episode in the next few weeks. Hopefully the Sabres and Leafs go on a giant run and we have good stuff to talk about. Let's go. Buffalo currently did did just lose uh, against Calgary as we are recording on um, the first, first stop of our Western Canada road trip. So we did just lose to Calgary, so maybe not. Um, but thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. All right.